0: Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas. And if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey there, welcome to Thursday's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Welcome back. We're glad that you're here. Yes, we are. Yep, you keep reading your Bibles which is good. Yeah. We're in Leviticus still. Um, we, you know what? We spent a long time in yesterday's episode talking about a lot of random stuff before we got to the Bible. Yeah, we did. Do you have anything to talk about today? Pastor Ron?
1: What if no, (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I'm always thinking about fun scenarios about how the Bible applies to life today. So I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't help it. I love the Bible and I love life. So when you put those two loves together, it's like, okay, I want to know how they fit. So, okay. Full disclosure you and i were talking just a few no moments idea ago what's about to come no out your mouth. we were i just we were just talking about it so you know what I'm going to bring no. up oh no i was going to ask you about blood injections uh, biohackers today are are exper- experimenting with injecting blood into their person uh, and the blood from a younger person a younger person's blood into their body in different places and i was going to ask you if there was any uh, in your in your estimation any biblical wisdom about something like yeah, that yeah carry some people. silver bullets or a wooden stake with you <laughs> That's you got to kill wisdom. these people. What you'd, I'm you'd just saying slaughter them.
0: <laughs> sounds very, uh, I don't know vampirical is a word, but it, yeah, that's, uh,
1: I, I mean, it's, ah. it's, I've I heard of the trend. I've heard of the trend and it's, it's a growing trend because it seems to be promising the, you know, the fresh tissue. So we, we, we had this time, this time where we were using a, what are those cells called that can manifest or become any other cell? Um, we don't we, stem, we tip, cells. stem cells. We were typically using baby stem cells and everyone of course is against that. But right. what about using adult stem cells that are still viable? Um, I don't know if it's close to that, but I do know that injecting yourself with blood um, is, is a thing right now. And I guess that probably does speak to the fact that humans have an innate desire to live forever and right. to look young and attractive and beautiful
0: to undo the effects of the curse, right? To,
1: uh, to fight sin. Yeah, right. That's something.
0: Yeah. And, and there's only one solution to that. What is the solution? Jesus. I, I don't understand, Pastor. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One, <laughs> two, three, Jesus. Which gets into a weird thing because it, does that mean, okay, so is my headache an effect of the curse and should I not take ibuprofen then to get rid of my headache? And I, I think there's, there's room for us to use modern medicine and to be grateful for modern medicine even as, as you guys were in the hospital and, and they were applying modern medicine to your we daughter, benefited, right? Like, yes. That's a good thing and it's wrong to go church of scientology or whatever that says oh no we don't need any medicine at all and and or anything like that or the health wealth and prosperity gospel some extreme sects that say well you just need enough faith and god will heal you god will take care of you that's not what we're talking about either but there you can go to an extreme where you become so obsessed with undoing the effects of the curse and and undoing the effects of the fall that it becomes an idol mm-hmm. that uh, that your health becomes an idol and and for the healthy person To stay healthy and to stay looking young and to stay, you know, whatever your definition of attractive is, that can become an idol. And if that's where you're at, then then that's a problem. That's a sin that needs to be put to death. Um, And you need to reconcile and wrestle with the fact that, man, death is going to win. You will die. Your body will break down and you're going to die. And you're going to die when God has you die. Psalm 139 makes that abundantly clear that he's got every one of the days of our lives numbered before even one comes to pass. So, we can be on the, the, the treadmill trying to outrun death and not making any progress, and it can become an idol in our lives. If you're sick and you've been perpetually sick and you're continually chasing uh, this this new treatment, that new treatment, this new treatment, th- there's, there's some room there to say, yeah, look, I, I want to be made well if it's God's will. But I, I do think for some people there's a point in time where you kind of have to begin to ask the hard question, okay, God, maybe it's your will that I not be made well. And if you're racking up massive amounts of debt and you're sidelining yourself from ministry and you're not being involved and you're not getting on the playing field because you're so consumed with, I need to get over whatever this malady I have is, man, God may be looking at you going, I want to use you through your malady, in mm-hmm. your malady, despite your malady. Um, and you're, 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 you're robbing me of, of the glory that I'm due through, through being used to, to accomplish great things by just getting in the game. Yeah,
1: that's helpful information.
0: Yeah. All right, well, let's do Leviticus. Leviticus eight, nine, and ten. Okay. Leviticus eight, uh, consecrating Aaron, uh, verses one through five. Moses gathers everybody together, gets Aaron all dressed up in his his priestly garb. There, I think we should do that from now on. I'll I'll show up in shorts and a t shirt, and then like you can Dress give you. me my shirt, and, and I'll put that on
1: and this, th- that's going to get weird. I was
0: very right? careful to say I'll show up in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> I was very yeah, careful. But the
1: implication was there, Pastor. PJ. No,
0: it wasn't dressing Aaron versus six through nine. So I that. he puts me. all his garb on and this is official. This is making sure everybody knows, Hey, it's, it's his show now, so to speak as, as the priest, this is kind of a transfer of that, that role from Moses to Aaron, not that Moses is going anywhere, but Aaron is going to really take on the, the specific duties of the high priest. Uh, he's going to anoint the tabernacle and Aaron Moses does in verses 10 through 13. And then the offerings are made for the priests, the sin offering, the burnt offering, and then this ordination offering and the ordination offering. We talked about, uh, the, the references to the blood on the ear and the blood on the big toe and the blood on the thumb. And uh, that's what's going on here. And this is that, that dedication of Aaron to, uh, the, the, the full devotion to the Lord in all that he does and what he hears and what he does and how he walks his pattern of life, his behavior. Leviticus eight thirty three. Then uh, this is interesting, Pastor Rod. You and I were talking about this briefly the other day. Seven days of ordination. Yes, I
1: paid special attention to this, and yeah. I still have questions.
0: Yeah, in in the commentaries, don't really they don't address it. They don't address it. Nope. So, so what's the questions then? Well, the question and
1: the one you brought up is is what do they do about the bathroom? How are they really staying in the in the tabernacle area for seven days? Right, and they're allowed to go into the courtyard. Right, but they're still in the tabernacle grounds, but they're still in the tabernacle which is the holy, grounds. and right. they can't defile. And of course, stuff like that would be defiling. Right? Are they going home at all? I mean, it doesn't seem like it. The text doesn't make it abundantly obvious that they, they are.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if they're... This sounds weird. It's something you didn't expect us to talk about here on the podcast this morning, but what else is new? Uh, I don't know if there's any instructions anywhere on restroom activities in you know, the, the, the cleansing go? from the restroom activities. Right. Cause mm-hmm. there's certain things like if you touch a dead body, you're defiled for a particular amount of time. Right. Right. Or bodily discharges, things like that. Um, where you have a period of time that you are considered unclean before you can go back into, uh, into the presence of God to go back in. So even forget seven days, the priest during the course of his, his regular day is going to have to use the bathroom. So there must have been some sort of category, though it's not specifically detailed for us, that would allow them to do that and go through a purification process. Maybe perhaps that's what the, the bronze basin was there for in part to re-enter and re-engage
1: in the, the holy things of the Lord. So Deuteronomy 23 has something about that. Those excluded from the assembly, in chapter 23, in verse 13, it says um, you shall have a trowel. So okay, verse. 12 is the context. You shall have a place outside the camp and you shall go out to it and you shall have a trowel with your tools. And when you sit down outside, you shall dig a hole with it and turn back and cover up your excrement. Verse 14, because the Lord, your God walks in the midst of your camp. I remember talking about this because the Lord, your God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and to give you up to your, uh, and to give up your enemies before you. Therefore, Your camp must be holy so that you may not see anything indecent among you and turn away from you.
0: So there's no defilement. It's a matter of
1: it being covered over. Well, it it seems like in verse 14 here, it's the Lord who walks in the midst and there should be nothing indecent um, because the camp should be holy. So yeah, there is a defiling because he talks about the camp. So the camp would not be holy if that was there. Right. Right. And he tells him to go outside. uh, Yeah. You need to go to a place outside the camp. Verse 12. And you shall go out to it. So this is, this is, it seems like they can't do it inside their camps. Yeah. Well, because the Lord's walking through it and you don't want to step in yeah, on stuff. Right. <laughs> That's
0: it. That's it right there. Man, I feel like this is just begging the question about whether or not we go to the bathroom in the new heavens and new earth. Now, I, so. Certainly
1: not. Certainly not. I can guarantee you not. If you don't if, think we will. No, absolutely. Because the only reason it exists is because of the waste. Like there's, and there's, there's, there can I don't know. Maybe you can convince me otherwise. If you can convince me waste is, is a good thing. Exhaust is a, is a good thing. And I don't think you can. Right. I don't know that it makes sense. And that man, I'm not I here
0: don't. to argue that I'm
1: just, <laughs> I, th- I thought you wanted to, that was fun. It's theology well, in practice. Is yeah. All.
0: Yeah. That, that, that's,
1: that theology stinks.
0: <laughs> all right back to the text we don't know all that to say we don't know were they supposed to be there for for seven literal days that they could not leave for any reason including relieving themselves we don't know uh you could maybe make an argument that there was some sort of exception here like perhaps it was sunrise to sundown but it doesn't it, seem the, like the that, text though. seems to make it pretty clear that they're there
1: and and uh, and, and what are they doing those whole seven days right like, what are they doing i don't know yeah the text doesn't tell us
0: that's true yeah mysteries Mysteries that we'll get to learn about in, in eternity. That's right. Yep. Uh, Leviticus chapter nine, then you have Aaron taking his place. Uh, he he steps in. Moses commissions Aaron to begin his priestly duties and Aaron does it. That's the the general, very loose synopsis of chapter nine. There, there's not a lot of new information here other than now Aaron's, Aaron's the guy. He is... He is fulfilling his duties as the high priest, and that's going to set up what happens in chapter ten. Because Aaron and Moses both do everything as the Lord commanded them, and that's an, that's an important repeated phrase that we've seen multiple
1: times mm-hmm. all the way through Leviticus up until what we're going to find the in chapter pattern's ten is about to break. So, one quick note: we talked about this a few days ago, beginning of chapter nine, verse two. Aaron, as one of the first sacrifices in his formal office, sacrifices a calf. Yep. And it's a bit ironic because the calf is the very thing that almost got him killed. Yeah, it's true. Because he formed a calf accidentally, it seems. I don't know what happened. I threw it in and out came the calf.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. What what about graving? Don't worry about that. I didn't do it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Leviticus 10, Nadab and Abihu. Uh, Ten one, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer, put fire in it, laid incense on it, and offered unauthorized, or as Doctor MacArthur likes to call it, strange fire. Strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Um, they end up dead. Uh, the, the fire of God comes out from before the Lord and consumes them, and they die before the Lord. And 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 Aaron is told by Moses, "Hey, don't you don't you dare show grief over this? Don't you mourn over this? Because what they did was wrong, and God's punishment was just." And the people need to understand, Aaron, even in your response to this, the gravity of the the error that your sons had had made there. So there's a question about what is the strange fire? What is this unauthorized fire? Um, my take on this, Pastor Rod, I'm, I'm curious to get yours. But based on uh, the references to this in, in the future in Leviticus 16, where this event is referenced, it, it seems like th- they probably took their offering and tried to go into the Holy of Holies uninvited. Uh, when they weren't supposed to go in, when they weren't supposed to enter. Hmm. So this is unauthorized in the sense that they were not abiding by the prescriptions of God to stay out of the Holy of Holies until, really, until the Day of Atonement. And then it was only the high priest that was supposed to go into the Holy of Holies. And so it was th- them that were kind of stepping outside the bounds on that. I know others have suggested maybe it had to do with the type of incense that they used. Right. Um, or they were drunk. Or they were drunk. Yeah. it, it it's It's... Debatable, but the best approach that I, I found, I think, is that I think they tried to go in before the Ark of the Covenant without without reverence, without the the right to do that.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I have a strong opinion about what it is that they did. I I, I just think the text is too to uh, not not unclear. It's clear about the, their offense, but it doesn't tell us what the specific offense is. So I'm happy with the <coughs> excuse me. I'm happy with the uh, with what is there, and to say, look, they did they did something inappropriate before the Lord, and especially after reading how serious he is about them doing exactly and precisely what he wants. Clearly, they flaunted that that command yeah. and suffered rightly for it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And again, in verse 3, uh, Moses says to Aaron, this is what the Lord has said. Among those who are near me, I will be sanctified. And before all the people, I will be glorified. So whatever they did, clearly, to your point, Pastor Rod, they called that into question. They undermined uh, the, the sanctification of, of God and, and his role as, as that which is the, one and the, the only one to be glorified. Right. And, uh, and Aaron is, again, in verse 6, prohibited from mourning. He said to Aaron and to Eleazar and to Ithamar, his sons, do not let the hair of your heads hang loose. Do not tear your clothes, symbols of mourning, lest you die and wrath come upon all the congregation. But let your brothers and the whole house of Israel bewail the burning that the Lord has kindled. So in other words, he says "Let let, let the people mourn their loss. But for you guys, you guys need to set an example to say what they did was wrong, and we're going to make sure that everybody
1: understands that. That's hard. I can't imagine that. As yeah, a dad. maintain a high view of God, man. That's that's uh, this. This is exactly why we don't want to trifle with God. You see a, a pretty close parallel in the New Testament, and it, granted, there's no offering here. <coughs> in Acts chapter five, you know, I need to get a, a longer drink of water. You, you finish that thought. Acts chapter five.
0: In, in Acts chapter five, <laughs> you had Ananias and Sapphira, and they had uh, there had been a, a pattern. There had been a, a situation where. Um, the people were selling their homes and selling the property, selling what they had and bringing everything to the Lord and and giving it to the Lord and devoting it all to the Lord. And then you had Ananias come in and he had held back some of what he had sold his property for and wasn't going to give the whole thing to the Lord. And so he brings a portion of it and lays it there at the feet of the apostles. And the apostles say, is this what you sold your house for? And he said, Sure. And then they're struck down
1: dead. And then Sapphira comes in and Pastor Rod, you were just saying about. And she affirms exactly what her husband's story was. And then Peter's like, nah, y'all, nah, y'all about to be carried out. This is the new Living Texas translation. What, what did you
0: just go drink, man? <laughs> he left the office and just left me here to continue the story. And then he comes back in and he's talking like, I don't know what's going on. Nah, y'all. This is strange fire. What's going on right here?
1: Uh, so, so these guys die in the presence of God. And granted, right. we think that the the New Testament God is a nicer, kinder, gentler, warmer, you know, friendlier Jesus. And I guess that is true. It's, but that's not the whole truth. God is still to be revered and honored and and held in high esteem, lest you die. First yeah. Corinthians chapter eleven. One of the reasons that Paul says. People are sick and have died in the congregation is because they take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy fashion. So this is not the Old Testament God versus the New Testament God. And oh, look how mean the old one is. The same God exists over both Testaments. And it's important for us to realize as New Testament Christians that we don't trifle with God. We should not play with him. We should not test him and assume that he's going to be gracious just because he has been. There is a limit to his grace. There is a limit to his mercy. And just because he doesn't make an, an example out of you daily... Doesn't mean that someday he won't if you press him.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, verses 8 through 11 give some other Levitical commands, and, including verse 9. So, Pastor, pastor Rod, verse 9: Drink no wine or strong drink. You or your sons, when you go to the tent of meeting, lest you die. Does that mean
1: no pastor should ever drink alcohol? No. No. No, I, I don't think so. And this is why some people think that Nadab and Abihu were drunk when they went to their Lord's presence, because this seems to come out of nowhere. Right. Um, Nevertheless, I don't think that's the case, but the the idea here, you notice here that he says, no strong drink, you or your sons with you. When there's a time marker there, when you go into the tent of meeting, lest you die. So there's a clear uh, parameter around when they were able to drink and when they, they, they weren't able to, and the New Testament doesn't call us that. It just calls us to not be drunk. So we choose not to take advantage of that, but that's not a prohibition that God expects every person from all time to apply.
0: Right. Yeah. Verse 11, note that the priest had a teaching role with the people. Sometimes we just see the priest and we think that they are there to offer sacrifices and, and so forth and so on. But here they're supposed to teach Israel all the, the statutes that the Lord has spoken to Moses. And so there we get that uh, that priestly teaching function, which is a significant one. Uh, verses 16 through 17 then, an interesting way that this chapter kind of wraps all the way down through uh, the end of it here. You've got another problem ar- ar- arise. You've got Eleazar and Ithamar, uh, two other sons here. Uh, who don't eat all of the the goat of the sin offering, uh, but burn the whole thing. And and that was an act of disobedience to God. God wanted them to eat from the portion that was not to be burned. This was the priest's portion, and they don't do that. They burn it all up, and Ooh. so they transgress. And so Moses confronts Aaron on it, and Aaron's response is, is interesting in that he says, look, we basically, I think what Aaron's saying is, is we were terrified that, We would eat it in an unworthy manner the way that uh, Nadab and Abihu did something in an unworthy manner and were struck down. And so we we were concerned that that we might do something wrong. And if we ate in an unworthy manner, wouldn't we end up just like they did? And so I think you see God's grace and God's mercy bestowed upon Aaron and his other sons here by saying, okay, I'm going to cover this one over.
1: Yeah. And I think. Moses approves in part because they're respecting God. It's a fear of the Lord that drives that decision, which God will always honor. It's a type of faith. Fear produces, or rather faith produces a godly fear. And that fear is something that God can be, uh, God can commend and say, good job. So I think Moses sees that he respects it. And therefore he's like, okay, that makes sense. I'm going to let that pass. I would agree.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, there you go. There's Leviticus eight through 10. And uh, we got more coming at you tomorrow. So keep reading your Bibles and tune in again with us. See you then. And pray for Pastor Rod's voice in the meantime. (laughs) Please. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.